Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics. How you doing? Today is Sunday, uh, April 3rd. Well, um, welcome to the show. Uh, this is episode number 10. We're, today we're going to be talking uh, post-draft, like what you do after your drafts. You know, I'm Dominic Martino, host. Here are my co-hosts as always, Matthew Arne. Matt, how you doing today, champ? I'm doing pretty good. feel like, you know, that, that, that word champ kind of fits me this year. Um, you know, I had a really good draft this weekend and, uh, baseball's this Thursday. I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Opening day, Thursday, April 7th. We're excited. As I mentioned at the top, we're going to be talking what to do post draft. So we're calling this our post draft episode. So, you know, everyone's, you know, big, most, most drafted weekend of the year for fantasy baseball this past weekend. So everyone's got their team set. You need some advice, sit down, you know, have a beer like Matt, listen to the show. But to start things off, we're going to be talking news. Two, two big players, you know, making their opening day roster. We'll start with the not, not so big one. We'll start with the, you know, the secondary one. Then I'll pass it to Matt to do the next one. So Spencer Torkelson has made the Detroit Tigers roster. Um, it's awesome for them. Awesome for him. Uh, what to have loved, you know, to see Riley Green make it too, but he got hurt, so it doesn't look like he's going to make the team. Uh, but Torkelson looks like he's going to play, I believe, first base for them. Um, I'm going to read you his spring training stats here. So far, this spring training, Torkelson has – hold on. I'm sorry. Bear with me here. I got to pull up. The MLB website doesn't want to be my friend here. Matt, thoughts yeah, on Torkelson making the team real quick. So Torkelson's going to be great. Um, I don't know about this year, maybe for fantasy production, because there may be that lull. But I mean, if you haven't drafted yet, you'll probably be able to get him at a decent value. And um, and if you already drafted, whether it was last weekend or you know this weekend, he may not even be drafted. So he may be sitting on the waiver wires, and you want to go scoop him up. Oh yeah. So you know he's one of those guys. At least you take a flyer on. You know. You like him more than you like one of your guys at the bottom of your bench anyway that was your lottery ticket. I'd go and scoop him up because the upside on him is a lot more than than whoever you got at the bottom of that bench. So all right. So um, I, I do have his I got his spring training stats here. So Torkelson, this spring training, he had it was 12 games. He had 25 at bats. It was seven hits, three runs, no bombs, three RBIs, one steal, and he hit 280, four strikeouts, two walks. The thing with Torkelson, he's supposed to be a big, big power guy. So I wouldn't be shocked if he gave you maybe 30 home runs. The batting average, I don't know. Uh, a lot of guys have had a tough time translating. Um, so I really don't know. I wouldn't expect a huge batting average. But if he hits 250, 260, you know, with 30 home runs in that Detroit lineup, which is looking like it's only going to be better, I would totally told him, put him on the waiver wire if he wasn't drafted in your leagues. If you need a guy that plays first or third, I know on Yahoo he has both eligibilities. So I would say, you know, um, throw him on throw him on the team. If you got that spot at the end, if you weren't happy with one of your last picks, he's got upside, a lot of upside. So, Matt, why don't you take over the next one here and uh, give us a nice little rant. Your boy, my boy Bobby Witt made the team, ladies and gentlemen. He sure oh, did. Bobby yeah. Witt Jr. going to play third base for the Kansas City Royals. Oh my God! If I had some kind of soundboard, the amount of noises I'd be making right now. <laughs> I've been waiting for this since last year when the kid was going off. And you guys know I've been talking about him like a crazy person. So this is huge. This is huge. He's going to start off. He is my number six shortstop this year, <laughs> and like my number seven third baseman. Um, now that he made the team. So if you haven't drafted yet, it gives you a perspective of where to draft him um, and how high I am on the kid. He's going to be incredible. And I'm sure he's already, the ADP is climbing. 
So what this what this is going to mean now that he's starting at opening day is there's a fair chance that he's going to get 30 steals, possibly more. There's a great chance he's going to get that power for you. I don't know if he hits 30, but there is a possibility. I think it may be more of the 25 range, possibly 27. But, hey, he could be a 30, 30 guy, which is what his upside could be. And, I mean, lastly, I mean, the batting average is going to be there. And that and a Kansas City team is looking pretty, pretty damn good. So, ultimately, I think this is a strong, strong move for him. And, hey, scoop him up, baby. <laughs> Give me that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with Matt in the sense of that he, he's a must-own player. He's the number one prospect in all of baseball. And just, just to like give you guys a glimpse of what he's possible of, this is his spring training numbers. He played in 10 games, 27 at-bats, 9 runs, 11 hits, 3 doubles, 2 bombs, uh, 7 RBIs, a steal, three only 3 strikeouts and 2 walks. So you love that um, uh, strike-to-walkout ratio, and he hit 407. So <laughs> kid's a monster. I I I see him more as like a, a maybe like a twenty five bomb thirty steal guy. Maybe maybe the power and he could hit thirty. I'm just giving you my my uh, my projection. I think you know he's gonna have a lot a lot of runs hitting high in that lineup. I think the RBIs are gonna you know be pretty good as well. You know he's probably gonna have a what Merrifield hitting in front of him. Guy gets on base as well. So you know I think a five tool guy. You know sky's the limit for him. Let's see what the batting average looks like. If he hits, you know, 270, 275, which, you know, I think he's going to stay around. It's still awesome. Upside is hitting 300. So, you know, he could potentially be uh, a, a Cedric Mullins type of year that Cedric Mullins had last year, 30-30, hitting, you know, close to 300 and crazy amount of runs. So I wouldn't be shocked if he got, you know, uh, you know, like a Cedric Mullins type of season from him. Um, once again, you know, that team's going to be great. So, you know, Bobby Witt, make sure, you know, once again, make sure he was drafted in all your leagues. I'm pretty sure he was drafted everywhere, but if he wasn't number one waiver pickup, um, I would say, I would say he's definitely number one waiver pickup if he was not drafted in your leagues. If, if he wasn't drafted in your leagues, um, you need to find a new league. <laughs> <laughs> well said, well said, Matt. That's the bottom line. Or, yeah. or, or you actually amp up the, uh, the anti fee. Because you're going to take everybody's money. <laughs> and yeah, everybody's take everyone's money. money. <laughs> so, guys, uh, Bobby Witt Jr., number one prospect in all of baseball, you know, just – and, if you know, you could even trade for him if you love – if you like him that much like Matt does. He's going to have a great year. Uh, one guy who, who we're not sure, he's on the fence of making the team. Um, I think he should make the team, and if he doesn't, it's blasphemy, as Stephen A. Smith would say. Uh, this is Julio oh. Rodriguez, uh, outfielder <laughs> of the Seattle Mariners who is also having um, a monster spring. Uh, I I think the sky is the limit for the kid. Last year, he had a great year in the minors. I believe he had 13 bombs and had 21 steals and around 350 at-bats. So, you know, sky is the limit for the kid. Um, Seattle picked up Jesse Winker. They picked up Eugenio Suarez. They got a couple other good bats in the lineup, but Kyle Lewis coming back. I, re I truly think that um, – that it could be a breakout year for him if he does. I think him and Bobby Witt is 1A and 1B, you know, Bobby Witt being the 1A, Julio being the 1B. I think they both got the five tools, you know, they both got a power-speed combo. They both can, you know, going to give you runs and RBIs in their respective lineups that are both pretty good. And, you know, they both hit for both hit for a high average in the minors last year. So, you know, Matt, what are your thoughts on Julio, um, you know, going into the season? I think he's going to be incredible when he's finally up. I don't think he's making the opening day lineup. So the fact that you see how Hunter Green has already been announced, Bobby Wood has already been announced, and Torkelson, it's not voting well for the fact that he's going to make the team. 
Now, is it a two-week hold where they're trying to be that skeezy, you know, organization like they were doing with, with um, what's his face last year? Right, they're the one that got caught with their pants down, or was it? The, uh, or was it the the Marlins? I'm not sure who you're talking about, my brother. Um, remember the team last year that had that whole scandal? They forced people; they weren't calling guys up for control. And there's a whole lawsuit. I, I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't think it was them. I don't think it was them. I do know what you're talking it was about. With Hellenic, then. Oh well, yeah. Well, he well he didn't make the team. He did have a big, you know, spring training. He didn't make the team. Yeah. He was a potential to make the team. I I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. There, you know? So they kind of held him back on purpose for the control. I can kind of, excuse me. I can kind of see that happening this time. And um, you know, it may even be longer. I mean, look, this is the other thing. The other side of the coin. Bobby Witt was kind of ready last year, and he was kind of killing it through all yeah, the levels. Yeah. But he's young, and um. Julio was killing it last year, but at the same time, there's that possibility where they're just like, hey, we're just going to give him a little bit more time and maybe a super two, maybe a cup of coffee, or maybe not at all. And it's going to be, he's just going to open up with the team last year and next year, I mean. So there's a lot of avenues. I wouldn't draft him too crazy high, but I mean, if he's sitting on your waivers, I'd scoop him up just with the possibility of seeing if he's going to be uh, going to make the team because the um, the new contract with the MLB is an incentive to, to call guys up because they're not really yeah, yeah. Yeah. losing the control as much. But again, I, I just, I'm not seeing it happen. Yeah. But before we move on, I will say this, we're pretty close to opening day and a lot of guys have been sent down already. And it, it, I think it, it bodes well that to see that he is still there. He did hit a home run today. I'm going to read you his spring training stats so far because MLB website wants to be a, you know, a, annoying today while I'm trying to do my pod and pull up these stats, you know, finally got it. So with including today, he's hitting um, 419 and 31 at-bats, three bombs, eight RBIs, three steals. And I, I just think it would, it, it's, it's going to be absolutely crazy if he didn't make the opening day roster at this point, the Seattle looks like they're going to win. They went out and got Robbie Ray. As I said earlier, they went out and got Winker and Suarez. I think they're, they're really trying to make the playoff push and he would be key in it. Um, if he wasn't drafted, like I said, um, I put him as a top five waiver priority pickup. I drafted him pretty high in both of my keeper leagues this, this weekend, you know, if a keeper league, he, if he wasn't drafted in a keeper league, that's absolutely crazy. Should have been a high end pick. So once again, like a Bobby Witt, I truly think he's going to be one of the best prospects in baseball, you know, and I, I think he could take off this year. Matt, uh, go ahead. So I'm reading an article from two days ago, and it sounds yeah. like they might be working on an extension, so they might be trying to uh, Ronald the him. So, I, I heard that. I did hear that as well. So this also could be one of those things, too, where if he chooses not to sign it, they might keep him down. So yeah. this is a whole bunch of, you know, what's going to happen. I don't, I think if they don't come to a deal by Thursday, he's down. And I think yeah. that's why he's still up because they're still in top. It's, it's going to, it's going to definitely be interesting with, um with Julio here. I wouldn't, if you haven't drafted yet, I wouldn't overdraft him as Matt said, but he's definitely somebody who's a high risk, high reward player going into the year. Um, That's enough with the, with the young kids. We're going to get into some, uh, another big trade here. Uh, Shamanaya to the Padres. Looks like Oakland is really, really like um not going for it this year. They sold house. They got rid of everybody. They got rid of Chapman. They got rid of Olsen. Uh, Manaya's gone, and I'm sure Frankie Montas is next. Uh, they're really money balling it this year. It's gonna be interesting to see. Uh, I'm this year. I'm specifically streaming all my uh my my pitchers against Oakland. 
uh, they basically have nobody there. So, guys, um, look to capitalize on that. But um, as for Manaya going to the Padres, he goes brings himself to one of the best rotations in baseball. Uh, I think um, they're going to win a lot of games, and he could possibly he moves. I think he moves up draft boards if you know if you're still drafting if you haven't drafted yet. Uh, you know, it's another big park. It's uh, I just think it's a it's a good move for Manaya. I think he's going to have a, a good year. He had a great year last year. Uh, Matt, thoughts on Manaya? So I mean. The talent is good. He had like a decent year last yeah, year. Yeah, it wasn't great. You, you got his numbers there? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so go for it. What he did last year at 179 innings, which is good. But here's the other thing. He had 11 wins, 194 Ks, and 3.91 ERA with a 1-2-3 whip. Now, I mean, they're not like blow your socks off kind of – knock your socks off kind of numbers, but they're serviceable. Um and it's not like he's going to a worse pitching park either going to San Diego. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like parallel, except for the fact that he has a better team and more chances at winning at wins. Um, I don't see much of like a, you're going to see like a lower uh, ERA or whip. Um, actually, I'm really just not a fan of the guy in total in terms yeah. of fantasy wise. So he may get a bump from being on San Diego because of the win capability, but ultimately like I'm not, rushing to go get the guy either it's not like joe musgrove like last year when he went to san diego he's not really like an enticing thing he's he's someone nice that you can kind of grab in the later rounds you know depending on who's high on him in your league know your league but i'm just not too excited about the trade um okay i'm not, I'm not touching him I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm not fully agreeing with Matt on that one, but I, I I do understand where you're coming from. I do think I think he moves up a little bit here. I like the strikeout upside. You know, he had almost 20 more strikeouts than he's pitched last year, which is always helpful. Uh, and once again, we don't always love to get in the crazy stats here, but I am going to bring up FIP, which is fielded independent pitching. We've talked about it here and there. It basically means how good is the pitcher with average fielders behind him and not guys making errors. He had a 3.66 FIP, which is, you know, it's an ERA indicator as well. So it kind of bolds in the, in the sense of ERA. And he had a 3.17, a 3.71 the year before, a 3.42 the year before. That's FIP. And I think he could be around there. So if you get a guy with a 3.5 ERA on that, that good um, San Diego team, maybe win 15 games, um, big strikeouts. And the one-two whip, I think, is almost a guarantee. I don't see the whip getting much better than that. So you know the whip's going to be a little high. So I still think there's a chance for Manaya to have um, some upside this year. Um, moving on though, now it's time to do, um, uh, no fun news with all of the, you know, the injuries breaking, you know, we're going to start with the big two, uh, Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom going down, um, for the Mets, it's, it's never fun, guys. Um, at, even as Matt, Matt and I are both Yankee fans, it's not fun to talk about this because, you know, uh, we're talking about fantasy baseball, and you never want to see any of the best players get hurt. And it, it's it's tough for managers and owners. That's why, you know, we're here. We're help talking, you know, waiver wire and, you know, stuff like that. Scherzer, I know it was the hamstring. Uh, he was scratched from his start, which I believe was yesterday, two days ago. Um, I don't think he's going to be ready for opening day. I heard that they're going to try and do a bullpen day that day um, because um, Bassett was um, he just pitched today. He pitched all right. I actually did watch the game for a little bit. I think he gave up four runs in uh, five innings. He had like six strikeouts. He looked OK. I mean, he didn't look great, but he didn't look horrible either. Um, but for, you know, um, Scherzer, uh, like I said, he does well, not, not looking well. As for DeGrom now, DeGrom's looking even worse. Uh, Matt, you want to take the lead on DeGrom here? Yeah, so it's not a great injury, so I'm actually reading something from yesterday. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Jacob DeGrom injury. Mets A's diagnosed with a stress uh, reaction 
um, in the scapula, expected to miss significant time. So that yeah. is devastating for anybody that has him. He's shut down for at least the next four weeks. So he, he's not throwing. He's not, he's not going to even throw a baseball yeah. for the next four weeks. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably going to be two months. And yeah, at least minimum. And then you're talking about even with no setbacks, which I don't foresee happening. Like, you know, this is just something that DeGrom's been like for the last couple of years. You know, it's still going to take him four weeks if everything goes right after the two after the two months for him to get back, which means he's not pitching till, oh, God, like huh, June. June. And that's it. And that's with no setbacks. I'm not really thrilled about this. If you haven't drafted yet, you're probably happy because you're not getting screwed. But he is a word yeah. shot down the line. Like, you can sk- scoop him up later. I'd, I'd take him in the top 100 picks if I haven't drafted. You know, I'd take him at the end there because then there's a value on him, and I just hold him on my IL. But if I have drafted, I'm in this position, oh, have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> have a beer. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's tough with DeGrom right now. Um, I think Scherzer has um, a better chance of coming back and bouncing back. It doesn't look too serious. Um, it looked, you know, but the Grom, um, the, the well, we'll see. We'll see what Scherzer. The thing is, right now, is they haven't announced nothing of that he's, you know, stopped from throwing or anything like that. I think it's a wait and see with him. So the, fact with the, that, the fact yeah, that the fact don't mean to cut you off, but the fact that no, he's good, bro, opening day day start is is not a good sign because we talked about this yesterday. When yeah, I got yeah. the news, you're like, oh, it'll be. I don't think it's gonna be that yeah, bad. I, yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you credit on that. You yeah. did call that. You and did call then, that. Today we wake up and it's, yeah, he's going to miss opening day. It's a soft tissue issue with an older guy that has a million miles on him. He has more miles than a trucker. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know what, I don't think the shoe is going to drop, but I do think. So, Matt, do you you feel the same way? I know you were just saying that you don't, you're going to wait until like 100 for DeGrom and you stash him Mm -hmm. on the aisle. Do you feel the same way about Scherzer? Oh, absolutely. I actually, I I dropped, I'd probably like. If any, if Scherzer misses a month, I think that's the max we're getting. So I I draft Scherzer probably as like my still my number two pitcher, Damn. because it, okay. I'll take a month. I can I can. It, it, baseball is a long season, so I'd take a month hit, and I, it's like it's like drafting Ronald Acuna. I'll take him and get him in May, and then I have him to the for, for the rest of the season. Like the Grom, he's going to miss half the season. That's a big difference. But I'm still yeah. willing to get him because of the talent within the top 100, probably around like pick 80, 90, 100, like around that ballpark. But Scherzer, I got nothing unless I hear, oh my God, like it turned into a full-blown strain and we're having problems. Yeah, so. see, I think I think my my take is, is is similar to yours. I'm definitely moving both of them down out of my top 10 starting pitchers, but I think they're more around 15 for me. I think starting uh, – well, DeGrom's actually going to go further down because he's not touching a ball for four weeks. So I think, like, I'm agreeing with Matt on DeGrom. He's closer to 100. Stash him on your IL if you haven't drafted yet. If you have, um, you know what, listen to the end of the episode. We're going to get into a little wave of wire talk, you know, post-draft stuff. Um, and listen there. We'll – We'll talk Jacob DeGrom replacements and, and things like that. Um, but I'm also a little bit higher on Scherzer. I'm not I'm not pushing Scherzer that far down. I say I push Scherzer yeah. around 15. 
And I don't want him as my ace. I'll tell you that. If I, if I haven't drafted yet, I'm not, I don't want him as my number one. I would love him as my number two. I think he's a great number two. So if you take Corbin Burns or somebody like that, you know, uh, Walker Bueller, somebody else like that higher, and then maybe you go power bat, and then you could, you know, if you're feeling uh, frisky, you could, you know, you like you like Scherzer's outlook, you know, you take Scherzer. But once I'm, I'm still probably not doing that, but I'm just not going to count him out yet until we get some uh, crushing Jacob deGrom type news on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next uh, guy that I that we were going to cover here is uh, let's do Chris Sale. Uh, Chris Sale uh, news looks a little bit better, but once again, it's not bad. The rib the rib cage um rib cage uh, troubles for him. Uh, it happened on back on February twenty seventh. Um, they did take an MRI and it says the the bone is healing. Everything is looking up with him, but there's still no timetable for him to pick up a baseball. Um, another guy who kind of, you know, we were hoping big things from this year, big Chris sale bounce back. It doesn't really look like it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, another guy that I'm just probably fading. If you haven't drafted yet, I'm kind of just fading him here. Unlike the Grom or Scherzer, we haven't seen Chris sale do it in a little while. So I'm kind of just, I know he pitched a little bit last year, but it wasn't Chris sale, Chris sale. So I feel like there's just going to be better options in your draft later on. Maybe as one of your last couple picks, you know, you can stash him on the IL and hope, you know, hope for the best. But that's wishful thinking. I think it didn't work out last year with guys like this, like Luis Severino last year, Noah Syndergaard last year. There was just a lot of guys that we really hoped were going to, you know, oh, cross two fingers and throw them on the IL. But it really didn't work out. So this year, I kind of, in my drafts personally, I took a different approach, kind of went with a little bit more security. You know, I kind of wanted to take guys that were a little bit, you know, going to be healthier. So with Sale here, with no timetable on him throwing, I kind of just think it's a fade. Matt, thoughts on Sale? I mean, you kind of nailed it. Uh, I I actually don't think he pitches until June. So the reason being is I don't foresee – so here's the deal. If anybody's ever broken their ribs, they know exactly who he's going through. It hurts to breathe. So imagine trying to move your body to throw a baseball 100 miles per hour. So it's not pleasant. So imagine that with a 32-year-old man who has a lot of miles as well. I think that it's going to be at least a month that before he's actually even throwing on a throwing program and then probably a bunch of rehab starts. So like June, first week of June is what I'm thinking. So again, like pick 150 and your draft. If you know your room and somebody's about to reach scoop. And here's the other thing. Wait two weeks, wait for them to get frustrated and get hit with a bunch of injuries. Cause it's going to happen. We still have the injury bug and then trade for him. That's yeah. the other strategy. Well, even if he gets dropped, I could see, you know, if injuries start to build up, um, some some leagues don't have deep waiver. Um, I'm sorry, deep ILs. So you if the, your leagues don't have the deep ILs and the IL was moved back to 10 days this year. So I could see the IL um, being plugged up, just, you know, going, it went from 14 to 10 days. So instead of it being two weeks, it's only, yeah, you know, no, I miss a start. So it's one start and it turns from one start to two, you know, or from two starts to one. Right? Sorry. Um, uh, I just think it, I'm fading him. That's it. Uh, yep. To move on to the next guy here, another one that's uh, devastating is Lance Lynn of the Chicago White Sox, another guy who was going high. Uh, he banged up the same knee that he hurt last end of last year. Uh, so, And literally at the, the headline here, Lance Lynn injury is incredibly frightening for White Sox. So it just doesn't look good. Um, 
they don't really know what's going on here. He's going to be reevaluated sometime over the next few weeks. I don't think he pitches for the first week, at least. If things look better, maybe he comes back for week two. Uh, I'm taking him over the guys we just mentioned. I'm taking him over to Grom, taking him over Scherzer. I'm taking him over Sale. But he's another guy who just moves down. Just move him down your list. Um, me, my, I just told you my personal, my personal philosophy is if you haven't drafted, I'm, I'm fading all the injured guys and I'm just going for healthy bodies. And then if, if there's a guy who's, you know, like a, one of these guys who's there at the end of your draft, one of your last few picks and you want to stash. Yeah. Take one of them. But there's no way you take more than one of these guys. The next few guys that we name off, if you have more than one of these guys on your team, probably looking to trade them, um, stash them on your IL, and it's just it's it's not it's not a good situation right now. And um, like I said, we're doing waiver wire at the end. We're talking about pitcher replacements, so just stay tuned. Matt, thoughts on your boy Lance Lynn here? Um, so I have him and I drafted him yesterday. So not really thrilled about it. But the upside is is he was supposed to get an MRI today, so. We'll have some news tomorrow. Um, it's inflammation in the knee. So it's not like, oh, my God, it blew out and he crawled and then he had to be carted off. He limped off. So I can see him missing about a week, you know, opening day. Line. If he was supposed to be opening day pitcher, which is Thursday. Yeah. So, you know, technically this would have been like almost a two-start week anyway. So let's just call it what it is. They're going to give him a break. He'll probably if – he, if everything is good and, you know, you get ice that baby up, He's pitching next Friday. Uh, worst case scenario, he's pitching May first. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if, I think if he only- torn it, I think if he torn it, it would have been it would have been news like that. If it was something real serious, we would have heard about it by the end of the day yesterday. Yeah, but, yeah, I think it happened during his start. Yeah, he had to be. Yeah. So he finished it out. He got lit lit the hell up, and then yeah. um, essentially he was like, "Yo, I'm done." So he. Uh, He's just not – he wasn't in a good spot. He walked off. He walked himself off, but at the same time, it's one of those things where, you know, it's same knee as last year, and he opted out of surgery and went for PT. So that's the other thing. But, again, yeah. I think I think the White Sox would have made him get the, the surgery if it was in need. Oh, yeah. Also, too, something I didn't get to mention. I want to circle back to Chris Sale. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Actually, you know what? I'll save it for you. No, I'm bring it up. Bring it up. No, no, no we're, we're doing waiver wires, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to do a waiver wire thing. I got Beautiful. it. Never mind. Perfect. Never mind. All right, so uh, we'll just move on. Then moving on here, guys, we're going to try and bang through this, the bad news here as fast as we can. Um, another starting pitcher, uh, Luis Castillo. Oh, wait, 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 breaking news. What's up? Uh-oh. I don't – Oh. Out four but, weeks with wow. a slight, slight torn knee tendon. Damn. So we, well, that's crazy. As we're talking about him, guys, this is live. This is live. As we're talking about him, the news breaks uh, four weeks for Lance Lynn, guys. Um, now, now the outlook, I'd say, is totally changed. Under DeGrom, under Scherzer, Fatum. Uh, Matt's upset, but um, we got, the show must go on, unfortunately. Uh, guys, don't, I, I guess I wouldn't draft Lance Lynn at this point because the it's the same me as last year. That's what I was just saying. It's the same me as last year. Matt just said he opted out for the surgery. Looks like he might need the surgery at this point. So it uh, looks like that's wrap on Lance Lynn, unfortunately. But back to Luis Castillo. He's been battling shoulder soreness for the last few weeks. So just as probably even worse as Lance Lynn, um, fading Luis Castillo. All these guys are fades pretty much at this point. You know, all these pitchers are fades because – you know, you don't want to hurt a pitcher going into the year. You could get a healthy body. You know, there's still a lot of guys, I'm sure, that are out there on waiver wires. 
Matt, um, Luis Castillo, fade, right? I was fading him before the season, honestly, because he was hurt. He's been hurt, right? So yeah, like, yeah, no, he's been hurt. He's been, he's been, there's no timetable for him to throw, yeah. and he's been battling shoulder soreness for a while here. So, so <clears throat> that, that's another one that just, you know, just yeah. sucks. And honestly, too, like he really, like he had that one year and it was just, it was great, but I really just don't foresee him being anything good. Like, even yeah. if he was healthy, I don't think he was pulling it off this year. I think he's just like somebody was a hope, a song, and a prayer, and talent, and then he's washed up. Uh, Fair enough. So we'll keep it pushing here, guys. Um, this one, and then just uh, guys, this is just so hard to do because it's just a bunch of devastating injuries one after another. Uh, this one's Mike Clevenger, somebody who was formerly a very, very good pitcher, high end pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, and it looks like uh, he, you know, he gave up eight runs the other day. And after that start, I just said to myself, I said I moved him down in all my rankings before I was coming into this weekend. Um, and it just looks bad. Uh, a knee injury here. He's going to start the season um, on the injured list. He's another guy, you know, just the last pick at this point now. It's not somebody who I have high hopes for. It's not somebody who, you know, if he came into the, you know, spring training and was just dominating and he was showing longevity in the starts, uh, would have been a different story. But, you know, it just doesn't doesn't look good. He's 31 years old. Um, just Mike Clevenger, a fade or a last pick, if, if you believe. Matt Clevenger. He's another one. I love him. It's depressing. Yeah, um, so I'm going to get a hospital bed ready for him next to Montesi at this point. And, um, you know, it's just, it is what it is with him. I, um, sorry, I'm really taking this Lance Lynn news hard, hard here. Um, yeah, no, that's all right, brother. It's, it sucks. We all know how it goes. Trust me. If the Tatis news would have broke while we were live, I would have, I would have probably broke down, you know, started crying, broke out a bottle of Jack from, you know, from the cabinet. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, let me, let me just be professional real quick. Yeah. You got it, brother. So with Clev, we don't know a timetable, correct? So yeah, it just happened, but they, but they said he's going to start the year on the injured list. So this isn't good. Um, I'm going to say, just don't even touch him with a 10-foot pole. Fair enough. All right. Uh, we're switching over. This is going to be the last of the injury news, so it's a hitter now this time to make it a little different, I guess. This one is a, a little deeper guy. You know, Alex Carroll, first baseman outfielder for the Minnesota Twins. Um, he's dealing with some knee soreness. He was removed from the game um, the other day. Uh, doesn't have any structural damage. He's going to be reevaluated today. I don't think the news has broken yet, but it can give an opportunity to a couple of those young kids in the twins lineup. Um, he was somebody who I know Matt liked a couple other people I know liked, um, you know, uh, at this point, I think he's just a drop or, you know, if you haven't drafted yet, don't draft him. I, I don't even know if I'd stash him on my IL at this point because he's young. He could possibly just go back down to the minors and start a season there. I think there's a lot of other better options out there. Once again, I'm sorry, guys. We should have just called a segment fades at this point because I'm fading Alex Kirill off too, Matt. I know that's one of your boys. You have any more thoughts? Maybe you could provide some more insight than I could there. Uh, you know, he was one of those guys you're gonna get at the end of the end of the draft. And if you listen to me, you know, it, it's just disappointing news, but at the same time, at least you didn't have to pay like a good good value on him like Lance Lynn or any of the other guys like the Grom and whatnot. So you know what? Just drop him, call it a day, put him on the watch list, and when he comes, when he gets, when he gets back up, you just pick him up. That's really it. Um, so here's the other thing. So we just talked since we're talking about injuries and we're all doom and gloom. 
Um, there is a little bit of good news and by a little bit, like it kind of like a little shine of light through the clouds and that's Jack Flaherty at least. So Jack Flaherty has been starting some um, polymetric drills with his arm. So it's essentially the throwing motion with the shoulder. So this is a really good sign. The fact that he, they're going to be able to keep his arm moving and he actually wasn't supposed to do anything for another week, uh, which is great. And the fact that he's able to do all this tells me that, you know, what he's on track to not be opening day or probably even the second week, but I can probably see him getting in a rehab game in about two weeks, coming back in third week of April, and um, you got yourself a nice little starter. So if he's available, um, scoop him up. Um, if you know somebody that has him, um, and that uh, really isn't too keen on news, scoop him up uh, and go and trade somebody real low. And, uh, you know, if you drafted him like I did back, I let him go as a keeper and I picked him up at the end of the draft, then you're feeling real good on your decision today. So, you know what? There's some good news at the end of this segment. Yeah, I mean, we got some better news after after Flaherty, but um, I'm my thoughts on Flaherty too. I mean, it's still bad because it's a shoulder. I mean, it's definitely great to see that he's working it and you know moving it. And is he throwing? Did it say he's throwing at all? Not allowed to throw for another week, but with the polymetric okay. movement, is it full blown? Okay, yeah, yeah, power yeah, no, and, and shoulder movement. So yeah, yeah. So he's not he's not throwing yet, but with the the fact that he's able to move it and stretch it, and he's not really if he's not feeling any soreness, that is great. I'm mm-hmm. still. I'm still. I still think he fits the. You know the. Oh, he's the, a fade. But yeah, the, no, not a fade. I wouldn't say he's so much as a fade as a. I I I would have confidence with taking him in my last pick as, as some of these other guys. I would not have confidence in taking with my last pick. So I think that is good news on Flaherty. I would stash him on my IL. I I don't know if I'd go out and trade for him, but he's definitely a stash. I definitely think you throw him on the IL and you see what what the news comes out next week. Um, you know if he's allowed to throw or not, and go from there. But here's here's the good news, especially for all Yankee fans. Somebody that we thought was going to be hurt, but he is not hurt. That is Luis Severino, starting pitcher of the New York Yankees. Yesterday, um, he did pitch, and he pitched good. It was four innings. It was uh, 57 pitches, three strikeouts, only gave up one hit, no runs, no walks. Uh, I still, as a Yankee fan, I just couldn't be more relieved as a fantasy baseball player. Couldn't be more mad that I don't have any shares, but it, it's absolutely great news um, for fantasy owners who do have him for Yankee fans. Uh, Luis Severino, I think he, he has a good chance to bounce back this year. I think he could be um, over a strikeout per inning. I think he could be in the three, three to three, five ERA. The whip is, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, he looked great. The breaking ball, he looked, uh, he had under control yesterday. Yesterday, fastball looked sharp. He was throwing hard. So I mean, I, I with guys coming back from injuries. If you did listen to the starting pitcher episode, you know I always say guys coming back from Tommy John and injuries like that, control comes back later. You know they sometimes they can suppress the runs, but the, sometimes it's hard keeping the guys off base. So I'm not I'm not expecting a super low whip, but I think the ERA could be good. I think he can give you strikeouts and he definitely can give you wins in that Yankees lineup. Matt, thoughts on our boy Luis Severino? Healthy, great news. So it's looking good. Um, what I will say is if you have him, you feel good about it. If you don't have him and you need pitching, he's probably somebody you could still get at a discount in your trade. If you yes. have somebody that, that can, you can kind of figure out an avenue to get in there for, and I would say go out and trade for him because you probably yeah. don't have to pay all that much to get him. And, you know, it's one of those things where I think he's a perfect trade target to enhance that pitching lineup and just call it a day. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm going to second what Matt said there, actually. Um, he's a sneaky guy that if this will kind of lead into our waiver wire segment in the sense of if you got a hurt guy, a hurt DeGrom, a hurt Scherzer, a hurt Sale, go out and see if you see what people are asking for, for Luis Severino, you know, because I think things look good for him. I think, I think signs are pointing up in the right direction for a guy like Luis Severino. Um, all right. So let's get into our little uh, waiver wire segment here, guys. So, you know, after your draft, you're sitting around, maybe you don't like your team. Maybe somebody we just mentioned got hurt. Go over to the waiver wire and start starring guys off immediately and see when your waiver wire runs. Maybe you could pick guys up right now. Maybe there are definitely are some league where waiver wires are open right away. Don't don't hesitate to go in there and make a move. Now, here's my thing. Don't go out there and drop a big. Don't go out there and drop the Grom. Don't go out there and drop shares of stash them. put them on the IL. Um, unfortunately, if you don't have an IL, maybe you could consider it. But if you do stash them, you know, um, otherwise. Um, get on the the waivers. I know Matt, you had somebody that you were wanted to bring up um when we were talking about Chris Sale, right? Um for oh, yes. the waiver wire segment. So if you wanna if you wanna take off there. So if anybody's a fan of Hauk. Yeah, Tanner Hauk. Yes. Um, so I actually had no clue he was making the lineup since he was on there. And I found out yesterday mid-draft and I missed out on him because our league is pretty sharp. But I know that, you know, the average the average person isn't keeping up with who or even know who this guy is, but he actually has a lot of good stuff. And personally, the fact that he's on that in that rotation, he could probably earn it and keep it for the rest of the season because I don't think there's too many people or obstacles in front of him. It's going to show he's got to do what he can do and honestly probably hold on to that for the whole season. So I think he's somebody that's not only going to be, you know, right now be while sales hurt, but I also think he's going to be somebody that you're going to hold on to probably for the rest of the season and be one of those waiver wire gems. So, you know, I, I strongly can say consider it and not even throw the star on it number one waiver with priority in my opinion for starting pitcher okay all right so guys that's tanner hauk of the boston red sox i'm going to read you off his numbers from last year because he actually did a great job filling in for that uh, red sox rotation you know because they were a little banged up last year uh so i mean okay the win loss record wasn't great here actually he went one in five he had a three five two era it was 13 starts um he came out of the pen for five games so it was 18 games total 69 innings, 87 strikeouts. So you like to see that. Only 21 walks. And it was a 1-1-3 whip. So he, he pitched very, very well last year. I think, like Matt said, Tanner Houck is somebody who is definitely a very high waiver priority if he wasn't drafted in your leagues, especially with the news of Chris Sale going down. Great Chris Sale replacement. Um, I truly, I, I think, I think he definitely has a lot of upside this year. I think, I think you could see big strikeouts from him, and I think you see a, a pretty solid ERA and WHIP. So, you know, uh, definitely a little sneaky, sneaky pickup there, Matt. I definitely like that one. So now, um, this is a guy I want to bring up. Um, somebody who's, um, where me and Matt and I are, are big on Yahoo. That's where we play most of our leagues. So I'm going to give you Yahoo ownership here. Guy who's only owned in 30% of Yahoo leagues at the moment on one of the best teams in baseball. This is Tony Gonsolin of the Los Angeles Dodgers, somebody who was a late round pick in one of our drafts yesterday. And I was like, damn, I was like, that's somebody who I truly like. I was a little upset I didn't get him. Now, he was banged up last year, so he didn't have a great year, but I will read you his numbers. He uh, went four wins, one loss, a 3-2-3 ERA, uh, 15 games. Uh, that was 13 stars, so it came out of the pen for two. 55 innings, 65 strikeouts. 
34 walks, which is a little bit high. I don't like to see that in uh, 55 innings. And that uh, led to the one, uh, three, four whip, but, that's not really who I think Tony Gonsolin is coming off the injury last year, right? I'm going to read you his um, full career before the two years previous, which is his full career before um, last year. He has a six and four record in that time. That was uh, six wins, four losses, uh, two six zero ERA in 14 starts, 20 games. So he came out of the pen for six, uh, 86 innings, 83 Ks, and 0923 whip. So, I mean, that's great control across 86 innings and 14 starts. So I truly think he's somewhere in the middle of what he what he showed last year and um, the numbers that I just read off from the previous two years. And that's Tony Gonsolin on the Los Angeles Dodgers, the evil empire, the new evil empire, one of the best teams in baseball. So I, I just don't I, I think he's somebody that you should go out there and roster only 37 percent owned. Matt, so thoughts on Tony G here? Uh, Tony G is good. He, you know, he saved me a little bit last year. And uh, personally, I think that's a great call out. Um, I think that he won't be upset, especially if you're in my position where you lost Lance Lynn. So Lance Lynn replacement there, you know? Yes, sir. So at, at this point, I think you hit on all the things. We probably should just move on. Do you have another guy you want to talk about? Um, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I, I could go on here, but uh, if you want to move on, brother, we sure can. Um, so I'm just trying to grab one thing real quick. And uh, uh, if, if, yeah, if you're, if you're pulling some up, I do have one guy current about real quick. Cause he's, yeah, I saw him right next to Tony Gonsolin. What's up? Good, please. And thank you. Okay. Of course. Okay. So somebody, another guy, this is a guy I drafted yesterday and I, I was looking through the ownership here and, um, you know, and I was see, Oh, 28% owned. I was like, damn, this is somebody who I drafted yesterday. That's Jesus Lazardo of the Miami Marlins. How is he guys? We need to be better than this. He's only 28% owned on Yahoo. Has nobody seen what uh, Jesus Lazardo is doing this spring? Um, uh, I know I called Matt last year after he got traded, and I put on Jesus Lazardo's first start when he got to Miami. And I noticed they gave them glasses. And I heard the announcers talking about it, and they were like, oh, you know, Jesus Lazardo's got the glasses, you know. Um, and they, they said that he had something wrong with his eyes that, you know, that I guess um, Oakland didn't even know or, or see. So they threw the glasses on. He looked a little bit better. I know he wasn't super great when he went to um, Miami for the hole, but there was a bunch of starts where he really showed something. I know his last start was a double-digit strikeout game, and he looked really good when six innings. But I'm going to read you off um, what um, Jesus Lazardo, at 24 years old, has done this spring training. It's um, three starts, 077 ERA, 11 innings, 10 strikeouts, only three walks, and a 102 whip. So now I know he was one of the, the high end prospects coming into the um into, when he was coming into the league. He's only 24 years old. I think he deserves a second chance. I think you guys need to go out there and bump his ownership up. So uh, ownership up. So next time I go look on Yahoo, it's not 28 percent anymore. Matt, I know you like Lazardo a little bit too. Any thoughts here? Uh, personally, I think Lazardo is probably going to have a finally a season of note. I'm not saying he's going to be the incredible, incredible thing person that we're we're all hoping he's going to be, but I think that he's going to be serviceable, serviceable this year and have some real flashes down the, down the line. So what I'm doing is I'm drafting him in my later rounds because everybody's probably upset with him. And then I am capitalizing on him and sitting back and smiling every time I say his name and putting his name on the draft board. I think that he's going to probably have a higher ERA probably, but under a four. So probably looking at like a three, seven or three, nine. Yeah. Yeah. With a boatload of K's and probably not too many wins, but the whip will somewhat be higher too, probably like a a one three five. 
But I, you know what? When you're gonna be that late, and that's pretty great uh, production for somebody you're probably gonna get in the last couple of rounds. Yeah, guys, he's been like we said, we're trying to help you guys replace some of these, you know, starting pitchers. If you lost a Clev, if you lost um a Grom Scherzer, any of these guys that we mentioned earlier in the podcast here, Hazel Cesardo is somebody who you know who could be serviceable until either one of those guys comes back, or you find somebody else who you know becomes known on the on the waiver wires. So you know, make sure you're listening to us because we're always going to be up. We're gonna anytime someone gets called up or you know there's any news like that, we're gonna be here breaking it for you. So make sure tuned into the MDs, Matt. Uh, so where did you want to go next, dear brother? So I'm still having trouble pulling him up his, his information, but I'm uh, just keep everybody up with who I'm looking into and that's Matt Manning. So Matt Manning. Oh yeah. Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Matt Manning's having one of my, uh, is one of my favorite guys, uh, probably one of my favorite prospects, truthfully, uh, in terms of pitching. So he didn't have such a bad um, spring. So let me read it off. It's a little bit high on the ERA side. It's a four or five, um, eight innings pitch. And he has eight strikeouts and a one five whip, which is pretty high. But I think he has a lot of upside, especially pitching in Detroit's park, which is absolutely ginormous. And the team is a lot better around him. I'm not saying he's going to go get, you know, 15, 20 wins, but he could probably get you about eight or nine. He's coming at, like, pretty much your last pick of the draft. And the fact that he's going to have a rotation spot last time I checked um, is pretty key. And I think the kid has a lot of upside and possibly could even, you know, be, like, somewhat of, like, a Casey Mize at some point and be that real, real gem for you at the end of the year. I don't know. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll, I mean, I'll tell you this. I don't even know if I if I told you this, but last year coming into the season, I bought an autographed uh, Matt Manning rookie card. <laughs> so uh, after the you know after the season, that thing went down in value. So I mean, I, I, once again, I, I'm like Matt. I was super high on Matt Manning, you know, in the minors, especially like 2018, 2019. I'll read you off a couple of those years. Uh, in 2018, he went seven wins, eight losses, a three two nine ERA, 22 starts. 117 innings, 154 Ks, and a 119 whip. And then the next year, 2019, he was even better. 11 wins, five losses, a 256 ERA, 24 starts, 133 innings, 144 Ks, and a 090 whip. That's Matt Manning of the Detroit Tigers. Um, somebody who could be in that Corbin Burns mold where, you know, maybe he works on something, maybe he finds a new pitch, maybe he drops a pitch in the Blake Snell sense, you know, Blake Snell lost that change up and, you know, transformed. I think, I think that's what we need to see from Matt Manning. I don't think we've seen it yet because the spring training hasn't indicated that, but I think there's going to be a breakthrough here at some point, you know, the kid's only 24 years old. Going to be 24 this year, so I I, I think there's a lot of, of upside. Um, I I think in a deeper league, if you're in a 12 man competitive league with deep benches, uh, and you got one of these banged up pitchers, you know, and a couple of last guys we named aren't available, yeah, you take Matt Manning when you put the Grom on the IL or Scherzer, whoever else, and you have Magic last guy and you see how it goes. Maybe he works with Mize or you know uh, Eduardo Rodriguez or somebody else there that's in Detroit, and you know if they figure out what he needs to do to take it to the next level, but like. Like Matt said, I think there's a ton, ton of upside with the kid. Uh, I, I, I love Matt Manning. I, I think that I think that's a good call, Matt. I like that call Thank out you. there. Um, so we, we, we don't have a, a I won't, we don't have a crazy amount of time here left, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do want to do, um, since it was a crazy draft weekend, and you know everyone's pretty much got their draft in the books, Matt. I want to give me one guy that you drafted a lot this weekend or in all of your leagues, 
um, that you think is going to just have a, a monster breakout year. Maybe somebody we haven't covered too much. Um, like I said, that maybe the fans haven't heard of that you just think is going to is going to have a monster year. And if you don't, I mean, I don't really have anybody either. And I know I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here. But um, if there's anyone you can think of off the top of your head, and I actually do have one, if you don't. I do. So, so go ahead. Go ahead. So Dom's going to hate me because he doesn't like either one of these guys, but I'm choosing uh-huh. the one I drafted yesterday. And that's uh-huh. Cal Quantro. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Cal has a lot of potential. He shows that he has, you know, good speed on his arm and he has a lot of good stuff. So based off of what he did last year in 149 innings, um, he's a little bit lighter on the case per nine. So it's a little bit under. So he had pitched 149 innings at 121 case. Um, but he had a 289 ERA and a one one eight one eighteen um whip with eight wins on on that you know terrible Cleveland Indians team. I'm not saying their real name anymore. Um so but what I will say is the upside is there to take a step forward and regress positively. And um what what the outlook for him is I think that he can get AK per nine. And I think that you know what, the best comp I can give for him is kind of like a Mike Soroka, you know. He pitches, you know, that same, you know, great pitch mix. I'm going to outsmart the player. I'm not trying to blow pitches, uh, batters out of the park and kind of blow my stuff past them. You know, his stuff is all good, has great movement, and he's just going to beat them up and get them down and then, you know, make people miss when they're, when they're not expecting it. And then the other side is, too, it's, it's that same kind of movement. So, like, if it wasn't for the fact that Soroka's Achilles exploded, I think he'd be somebody we'd be talking about. I wish, um, I wish we could talk about Soroka. I know. It's, it's so painful because he's one of my favorite guys. But I think that Cal has that upside to be Soroka with that upside was coming into last year before that exploded. And, um, you know, where he can get that K per nine and go pretty deep into games and be a reliable source of, of Ks and wins and an ERA and be every, every week contributor. So that's just my outlook on the guy. Yeah, see, man, this is where you're losing me, my brother. I think you picked the wrong Cleveland Guardian. I, I, I thought maybe, I thought maybe we got an Tristan McKenzie call out. So I was, uh, I, I was yeah. See, I see, thought that's my other guy, go, though. That's the other I, guy. I thought, see, I thought we were gonna go Tristan McKenzie here. We were gonna agree. We were gonna high five. We were gonna say, hey, I'll right, we'll see you guys next week. But now, now I got, now I got to do my my uh, anti Cal Quantrill rant a little bit here. Now, my thing is, is yes, he had the last two years looked pretty good for him right now my thing is if you go to his whole minor league career and you know end the 2019 it just doesn't look good to me he you know it's a bunch of bad eras and he doesn't really strike anybody out the whip's always been kind of high once again you know guys i mean i guess we're going to bring up fip a little bit every now and then but his fip has never been good which indicates to me that it might be more smoke and mirrors but i will say this um if you look at his career so far in the bigs let's just talk about that right so it actually looks pretty good it's uh 16 wins 11 losses uh 364 era uh 284 innings 241 strikeouts with a 122 whip now if that's what he does and he you got him as your last pick of the draft i think that's fine um, so I'm not complaining in that sense um but i don't see i don't see a lot of upside i think he his upside is maybe a uh a, 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 a a Kyle Hendricks light, like a, you know, like a guy who's not going to strike out too many guys, but a decent ERA and a decent whip. If he's, you know, if he's the last pitcher on your team, I don't think you're mad at it. Um, but uh, all right. I, I want to move on to one of my guys here, you know, unless Matt, unless you got any more Cal Quantrill thoughts you want to throw at me. 
I, I just think you're um, you're underestimating him just a smidge. And what I will what I will say is this, Dom, um, and everybody here is going to be listening. So um, I think by the end of April, Dom is going to be singing a different tune, and you're going to be forgetting all about this conversation. All right, all right. I mean, so, once again, I, I think I think we should have went Tristan McKenzie there because I, I think love, Tristan. Yeah, I think I love he's Tristan. Gonna have a huge, but, huge upside. But huge he, upside. The problem with Tristan McKenzie is he's going too high. So okay, you, I feel that. You know, you, you talk about somebody I've been drafting all week, and I got to give these guys somebody to take a shot on. Yeah, um, you're going to take a shot on Cal because you're going to well, shot on Tristan McKenzie because I'd much rather draft other guys that are going around Tristan than I, than there is Cal Quantro. And honestly, the All upside right. on Cal is a lot better than Tristan for the value aspect of it. Yeah, I, I I think Matt's right in the sense of value. If you get him as your last pitcher, it's definitely some value. Or if once again, if you're in a deep league and you do need a pitching replacement here, I think we just ran off a bunch of great names for all of you guys. And Cal Quantrill could be one of them. Once again, you know, Matt and I, you know, we're, we're, we're best buds here, but we're not going to agree on everything. But I think Cal Quantrill, like I said, if, um you know, if he gives you that baseline when he's done in the last 284 innings of his, which is his whole career, that's fine. That That's perfectly great. A 364 with a one Two two, you know, is 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 perfectly fine. I'm happy um, some, that is my last pitcher, <laughs> and I I fully back that. Um, I'm gonna give you my last guy here, you know, before we sign off. Somebody who does go super late in drafts. I was drafting him high because you know I'm I'm a Yankee fan. He's no longer a Yankee. Um, we're talking Luke Voigt, um, first baseman slash DH of uh, San Diego Padres. So I don't know if everyone's been keeping up with trade talks, but the Mets are looking to move on from Eric Hosmer. They were, I mean, all the. I'm sorry. The Mets no. were trying to trade for Eric Hosmer. The Padres are looking to move on from him, which is great news for Luke Voigt. So that means if they get rid of him, he's going to play first NDH. I think the sky is the limit. He uh, Last I checked, he was coming off the board as the 174th pick. I did a draft today. Um, I picked him today. Um, I picked him yesterday. Um, my thing with um Luke is uh I think last year he was just banged up. He's I'll read you his uh career stats. Um and this is including the bad last year. It's 267 batting average. Um, and, and on 162 games, it would be 34 bombs, 94 RBIs, and 86 runs. So I truly think that, you know, you could get a guy here that could hit 30 bombs. A first base is a, is a crappy, crappy, crappy position. And he's going to hit for – I think he's going to give you a plus average, plus ribbies, especially when Tatis gets back. Come on. I think the sky is is the limit for him. Um, Matt, uh, thoughts on uh, Luke Voigt? I mean, Luke Voigt's going to be incredible. Um, yeah. You know, as long as he stays healthy, that's the only thing you always got to be concerned. But you're going to get him at a value. So uh, I, I think that personally, you just take him with confidence. And if he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out. But, I mean, I'm going to say if you're using him as your first base, um, you probably have a lot of better options at other positions. So first base, you kind of just took a whiff on. Or he's your utility. and That's a great utility. Because at least he's your UT, UT. So then whatever, if he gets hurt, you move on. But I mean, either way, you, you can't you can't lose out with him. Yeah, you know, he's just gonna take a shot. Yeah, I think I think at a, at, a, at a bad position, I think you could do a lot worse than Luke Voigt, even if you do got him starting. I think if he's a utility or a bench player for you, you did very well, especially if you got him earlier in the season as one of your last picks when people when he was still with the Yankees. 
Um, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna give you one more guy here, one more New York Yankee, you know, just to throw in that uh that New York state of mind here. We're gonna talk nasty Nestor Cortez of Super the nasty. New York Yankees. Yeah, so nasty with that with that beautiful mustache of his. I can't I gotta go to a game this year where he pitches because I didn't get to see him last year. Uh I'm just gonna read you off his numbers from last year. Uh, nasty Nestor. Uh he went two wins, three losses, but a two nine oh ERA. Uh, that's, of course, 14 starts, uh, but it was 22 games total, uh, 93 innings, 103 strikeouts, only 25 walks. So I want to highlight that because the control is very good. Nasty Nestor got the pinpoint control, and it was a 107 whip. So that's somebody who's, you know, Yankees are a little banged up, you know, at starting pitching. You know, we can never uh, always trust everybody. I think he's got the fifth spot coming into the year. So I think uh, there's a lot of upside. He's only 27 years old. So I think we might have found something here with Nasty Nestor. I think uh, a great injury, one of my favorites, I'm going to go out and say this. Matt said Tanner Houck is uh, his number one. I don't know if Nasty Nestor is my number one, but I think he's top three. And especially in deeper leagues, you could do a lot worse if everyone forgot about him, man. I say you go put him on your wave wire and you laugh over the next couple of weeks while nasty nesters out there dominating man i think that's a good call i, I love nasty nester go ahead you can yeah. rant about him i shot him in the dms real quick as we yeah i know we matt, 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 matt gets the credit for that guys matt totally get, i know i started the rant but matt you get all the credit in the world for that one i love that one beautiful well done my brother yeah mr nasty is going to be nasty for you i don't know if he's getting drafted i mean to be honest in every mock and every league that i've been in he's forgotten about except when i do a mock uh, do an actual draft with my New York friends. Then yeah, we got the Sharks in our league, man. Everyone yeah. everyone is really good in our league. There's a lot of great picks. Plus, you're in a room with a bunch of Yankee fans. So, you know, it's just <laughs> one of those things where everybody knows every, uh, knows all the Yankee fans, even everybody that's going to come up in six years from now, because that's just how yeah, we yeah. are. But, you know, when I drafted my friends out here in Philly, it actually, like, nobody knows who it is. Like, yeah, who is that? Like, he sucks. I go, go check that. Fact check that one and see what it is. I think you're going to have a little label at the bottom saying uh, you were wrong. So, yeah. uh, essentially, with the value of pretty much free 99, um, you're going to just sit back, enjoy that late round pick, and um, you're going to thank me later. So, I don't even need to do any more since Dom talked about it, but I do want to sign off with this. Um, good luck um, coming into the season. Good luck if you haven't drafted yet. And um, listen here for Thursday, um, you know, for opening day. It's going to be exciting. And uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, continue this journey with everybody and uh, provide you with some fantasy advice to get them shipped this year. So um, deuces. Yeah, guys. Well, uh, we'll see you on Thursday. Thank you for being here, guys. And uh, feel free to um, any questions about your draft or you want to know how you did. We'll give you guys a grade one out of 10. We'll let you know how we thought you did. Any ways you can improve your teams. Feel free, guys. Email us. We're on Instagram everywhere you can find us. And like Matt said, good luck and thank you for listening. Uh, we'll catch you guys Thursday. So see you.